It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. As always, good to have you with us. Uh, you can email me at russellmania09 at gmail.com. That's russellmania09 at gmail.com. If you have anything you want to complain about, anything you want to ask, anything you want mentioned on the podcast, all of that good stuff, I appreciate you um, just listening and being a part of the family here as we try and continue always to build this thing out. Uh, we will hear from head coach Ron Rivera and offensive coordinator Scott Turner on this here edition of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. First, the news of the day, Rivera was late to practice uh, because uh, still continuing his cancer treatment. He said he felt pretty lousy. You'll hear that yesterday, but he did get out to practice after the media left. Remember, we're only allowed to see about the first 20, 25 minutes, so I don't know exactly what time he got out there, but he got out there, said he had watched the film from Tuesday. He said, um, you know, obviously he was feeling good enough to talk to us after practice, uh, and again, you'll hear that, updated us on some injuries, on how things are going and the trust that he has with his coaching staff and who he's leaning on. And again, you'll hear from Scott Turner, who's going to call plays this Sunday for his first game as the offensive coordinator of the Washington football team, North's son, of course. Uh, So you'll hear uh, him talk about his offensive weapons, packages, game plans, how he wants to maybe attack the very aggressive Philadelphia Eagle 
defense. So you have that. We wanted to clear up something that uh, we reported on uh, the last episode, uh, in, and that was that the Washington football team had reportedly, or not reportedly, according to the NFL's official um, workout and visit tracker, had worked out Brett Maher, a former Cowboys kicker. That indeed did happen, uh, but it appears, based on everything that I can uh, glean and, 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 and somebody that I talked to, um, you know, that it was just simply, hey, we have to have an emergency, emergency kicker, that type of thing. Uh, you never know if an injury comes up or COVID, and they can't obviously, you know, they have to have somebody. So now they haven't officially signed him, meaning Maher, on Wednesday afternoon as we record this. That could still happen. That could still come. Uh, it might not. We don't know. My only question is, is if we're going to use the 17th practice squad, right, because of an emergency to the kicker, well, what about the punter? What about the long snapper? <laughs> what do we do there? I mean, we can't have backups for everyone. I mean, obviously, they're, you know, they, they're putting a little bit of a priority, and I understand why, on the place kicker situation, unless there's something there that we don't know about, unless there's something there that we don't know about. And to be honest with you, we kind of forgot to ask Ron just because of everything going on in terms of uh, that situation, and I should have asked. And we told you a little bit about the football team announcing all sorts of different media shows and all sorts of different things, right? They've got the broadcast slate. They've got the talent roster. Uh, They officially announced that Tiffany Blackman is going to host the pregame show with Santana Moss. They officially announced that Scott Jackson is going to return for the postgame show with London Fletcher. Uh, They also have a new television show. You know already about the booth, Bram Weinstein, uh, D'Angelo Hall, and Julie Donaldson. Also, it looks like they have a new over-the-air broadcast TV partner, if I'm seeing this right, with uh, promoting Fox 5 DC's Washington football team game time each in-season Sunday at 7.30 in the morning, whereas that used to be an NBC4 uh, situation, um, uh, or I, I I should say NBC4 is still there, but that that show on Sunday morning, my understanding was that was not affiliated with the team. So what they're going to have is Fox 5's Sunday morning show that's now affiliated with the team. It's called Washington Football Team Game Time. Then NBC Sports Washington apparently is going to have Washington Football Kickoff Live at 10 a.m. and then have encore presentations at 11 and noon. Uh, I'm not sure why they're doing it so early, honestly. I don't know. Uh, That might have something to do with COVID. Uh, I'm not sure. On Saturday nights at 7 o'clock on the aforementioned NBC4, Julie Donaldson, Ron Rivera. Uh, They'll also have a cast of rotating guests, including Jack Del Rio, Scott Turner. Uh, They're also on NBC Sports Washington on Mondays at 5 o'clock Eastern time during the season. Fred Smoot's going to do a show called Get Off, Go Off Washington, which is going to be apparently an interactive show um, that uh, also features 
a former Washington football player, Lorenzo Alexander, maybe Jason Campbell might be involved in that uh, as well. So they're doing a bunch of different things. And then Julie, we mentioned this on the last show, she's got Washington football today at 5.30 on NBC Sports Washington, which is the old Redskins nation. So you have a bunch of that stuff. Uh, In terms of the injury report, I think we're going to get that in the audio, but just so we're clear, Antonio Gandy-Golden and Jonathan Allen were full at practice, while Thomas Davis, Kendall Fuller, Sadiq Charles were all limited at practice on Wednesday. Meanwhile, for the Philadelphia Eagles, Javon Hargrave uh, did not practice pectoral injury. Hamstring Alshon Jeffrey did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, He is dealing with a foot injury. Derek Barnett, Lane Johnson, rookie wide receiver first round pick. Jalen Rager and Miles Sanders starting running back. All four were limited dealing with various injuries on Wednesday. All right, coming up next, Ron Rivera, head coach, back at practice uh, on Wednesday. So that was certainly a good sign. We'll hear a little bit of him and then Scott Turner as well on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. All right, once again, it is Chris Russell for our friends at rockauto.com. All right, so here's the deal. Full disclosure, I told you I got a new car because I was tired of dealing with my old car. Then I got involved in a car accident. Somebody hit me uh, because, well, these kind of things happen when you drive recklessly and uh, at a speed. So, Uh, The car is in the repair shop right now. There was nothing I can do about that. There was nothing, quite honestly, rockauto.com can do about that. But when I get it back, after $8,000 worth of damage uh, to it, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to rockauto.com, and I'm going to give my new baby a little bit of a surprise, a little treatment. Maybe I'm going to get some extra accessories. Maybe I'm going to get some things to make it shine real nice. And I'm going to do that very easily at rockauto.com. Hopefully I won't need any major parts for a long time because, well, it's under warranty and it's getting fixed and all that good stuff. But you can get big parts, you can get little parts, you can get whatever you need for your car or truck at rockauto.com only one place to go. Why go anywhere else? Why leave your couch? Go to rockauto.com. And when you go to rockauto.com to see all the parts available for your car truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, it is Chris Russell with you. We continue along in the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Right out to head coach Ron Rivera back at practice on Wednesday as the Washington football team gets set for the season opener 2020 at FedEx Field, 1 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday against Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, Ron. How's everything going with you so far? Um, Oh, well, thank you. 
Of course, no problem. I guess the first thing is, is like, I know that you're dealing with the treatments as you guys prepare for week one. What are the challenges of trying to deal with the personal matter, but also trying to get the team prepared for this week one? Well, hopefully, you know, the messaging had been gotten gotten across to them during um, during training camp and that all they've done is kind of reiterated and, and regurgitated what, you know, what we've tried to teach these guys and get these guys to understand. I got a chance to watch yesterday's tape. It was good. Uh, and, but as I told them, you know, hey, good enough to win is good enough to get beat. So let's be better than that today. So I thought they had a good practice. Um, you know, I came in, uh, practice had already started when I got back, uh, but I got in and from the things I looked, I, I thought the tempo was, was, was what we're looking for. Uh, I thought they practiced fast. Um, you know, the mistakes were limited, you know, compared to what we had during training camp. Uh, so, you know, I think the guys are focusing in on, on what they need to do and how they need to do it, which I thought was important. You've got a lot of your players returning back. Antonio Gandy-Golden with the concussions, Sadiq Charles with the calf strain. Kendall Fuller was back participating yesterday. Um, how much does it mean to this team to have those players that either one project as possible starters or possible depth getting back into the mix right now and just getting healthy right now? Well, I think it's important because, you know, as you get guys back on the field that you, know, sh that, that you guys have, have um, uh, slated as starters or guys that were going to really help and impact, it's important uh, because the one thing you want to be able to do is make sure those guys are – working they're getting their work done and they're uh, and, and they're working with the guys that they're going to play with that's how that's where it comes important because you want them to all have a feel for one another when they're on the field thank you ron thanks rihanna ron this is nikki javala with the washington post um just listening to Dwayne talk about coverages and the way he breaks down plays he seems to do a remarkable job of communicating what he sees how is he doing on the other side of that just in terms of learning the concepts and the new plays and and has he picked it up fairly quickly he has, Nikki, and, and that's one of the things that we talked about. Again, I go back to my January conversations, and then from that point on, a lot of things that we talked about, you know, in just having listened to, to Scott and Kenny talk about his growth and his development as a quarterback, you feel pretty confident, comfortable that he's getting it. You know, and, and, and really, not everything should be on Dwayne. I mean, you know, you've got to have the players around you that know what they're supposed to do. You guys are doing their job in terms of protections and blocking schemes. I mean, guys that run routes. So, um, I'm pleased at his development and the development of the guys around him. That's probably one of the big keys too that you know I don't want people to forget. That's not all about just Dwayne, but it's about the other ten guys that he's he's playing with when he's on the field. Hey Ron, uh, kind of got a random one for you. Just you know, back in uh, January when during your opener, you talked about a little bit how the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Seahawks have this coach-centered approach, but they were also coaches that were on their second or third stint, even with Seattle. Uh, do you believe that like a, a coach is Coaches are more successful the second time around, or have you have you looked into that at all? Yeah, it, it's kind of a, a, a fact that's out there. Uh, if you go back, and there was a there was a terrific article written about Andy Reid taking the job with Kansas City, and the conversations he had, and what was leading up to that direction is that they found that coaches have had some, um, you know, had had fairly good success their first time, but didn't go all the way. Seem to come out and do things better uh, uh, because they, you know we've gone through it. We've made those mistakes. We know what we're looking for. We we know how we want to build our team, our organization, and I think that's really the whole approach. Is that again, you know, again, I don't have all the answers, but I I, I learned a lot, and I like to believe the things that we're trying to do, things we're trying to implement, the way we're trying to structure the organization as far as football is concerned, how we run things on football, how we do things on football, then the type of players we bring in, how we coach those players and what we expect of those players, and then how we play. I think that's the thing that we're trying to do. It's, you know, when we talk about building a, a sustainable winning culture, it's not just about your character and your personality, but it's about the way you do things, about the way you play, and the type of players you bring in, and how you coach them. All right. And you were in Carolina such a long time. Is 
how do you uh, kind of avoid that, you know, I did this a certain way and now I have to adapt. Like, how, how do you adapt or how, like, what are some things that you've tried to change maybe over well, the- Well, one of the things I learned is when I was in Carolina was, was that you, you do have to adapt. You have to adapt to each personality, each person. You know, I know a lot of coaches like to start out where we have a theme for the year. Whatever your theme for the year, it's, that, that's going to evolve as you go through it. It's going to change. And you've got to change and evolve to your circumstances. And that, you know, that's what I've done in the past is that, you know, based on, I may come out and say, hey, let's, let's earn the right, let's earn the right, let's earn the right. Well, you can do that all the way through training camp. And as you start the season, you've earned the right to be here. Now, what's the next step? Well, hey, let, let, let's go out and, 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 and now let's begin our journey. Let's climb that mountain. Let's get to the top. Let's get to the peak. You know, and then once you get close to it, it says, hey, we're almost there. We're not finished. Let's continue. Let's continue. Don't look back. It's a long way you've come. Let's, you know. So you really have to understand and have a feel, in my opinion, for where your team is. And that's how you adapt to them as well. I mean, because, again, why do things that they're not going to be able to do? Let's be realistic. That's one of the things I learned from, you know, Mike Dick and I go back to those days. But Coach Dick used to always tell us, you know, hey, I would never ask you to do anything that I didn't do. Now, that's a high standard because now we're talking about Hall of Famer. Okay, so if he pushed us to reach that standard, you know, we're reaching a standard he believed what it was. Well, you know, my standard is, hey, I've, I've, I've played on the championship team. I know what it takes to get to the top. You know, I've been very close two other times but we didn't get to the top. So when it comes to it, once we get to that peak, you know, I, I'm going to draw my experiences as a player and see if that helps. Hey, Ron, when we talk about Dwayne and Alex as both quarterbacks, but also as people, it's pretty easy to see the differences between them. I'm just curious now that you've been around both of them for a little bit now, what do you see are some of the similarities about them both as players on the field, but also as uh, people off it? I love their competitive spirit. I really do. I mean, you know, Dwayne wants to be good and he's shown me he wants to be good. You know, um, he's done the things that we talked about uh, and he's followed through uh, with Alex. You see the competitive spirit, you see the drive, you know what he's focused on, you know what he wants. And then to sit down and talk with him and hear him tell you exactly uh, to me, that's impressive. And I think both those young men uh, epitomize that. I think as people off the field, they, they, they both come across as the right type of young men you want out there in your community, the types of young men that can impact your community. And that's one of the things that I've, I've been very pleased to find out about uh, about both those guys, and especially Dwayne, because he's so young. Hey, Ron, um, we, we saw your first depth chart the other day. Can you shed some light on what J.D. McKissick did during that number one running spot? Okay, just so everybody knows, that 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 was an unofficial one. Um, that was really one that was, you know, we had talked with our our our, our – media relations because we had to pull one out the running back spot is going to be by committee okay so if all of a sudden um scott decides to go with 12 personnel or 21 personnel um you're gonna have a different running back you're gonna have you you could have somebody else in there instead of so it could be any of those guys that's that's uh, on the 53 he calls whatever you know group he wants that's really going to be who the first running back will be so it could be any of those groups. So just so you guys know, um, JD, we just happened to put put on the um, on the chart first. Good deal. Appreciate it. Okay. Hey, Ron. Just kind of continuing from the depth chart, but when you get to game day, is there a position that for you is easy to make inactive, like a fourth running back, and you don't have yeah. six wideouts, so yeah. you need yeah, all I mean, four running backs. Yeah, I and mean, one of the things that helps us now is that the fact that if you if you have eight offensive linemen up, you get to have an extra person for your 47. Now it becomes 48. So not only will you be able to, you know, say we're going to go with five wide receivers or three tight ends or three backs or 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 
five corners, you know, um, you now know that you have that bonus player that you can elevate. Now, because you do that, and if you already have it planned out that you're going to have to go with a lesser number on one position, you can now pull up a guy from the practice squad as a special teams player, as an extra wide receiver, um, whatever you want at that point. So there's going to be some, some, some interesting moves that will happen come game day. Game day won't be set until probably Saturday. Um, so one of the things I have to do is I, you know, we've talked about it the last couple of days uh, and in terms of uh, Nate Caxter, our special teams coach, talking about who he would like for the pop-up if we use one. You know, do you want the, 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 the guy that plays Gunner or do you want the guy that is an extra returner or, so, or, or something else like that? So, you know, you have some flexibility now. A couple of weeks ago, you talked about keeping Antonio Gibson a secret. Now you're talking about maybe pulling guys up from the practice squad on game day. Are you really trying to catch some folks by surprise on Sunday? No. I mean, who we are, is they'll see very quickly what we're going to do. Um, to me, there really is no surprises. You, you know, as, as a coach going into this and you're game planning for somebody, especially the opener, you know, you're, you're going to try and look at every possibility. I mean, we know who their quarterbacks are. We know who their backup quarterback is that they took in the second round, and we know what he's capable. So, you know, we go into this thinking, okay, we may have to prepare for, for, for a two-quarterback set where one's going to split out and use him as a running back or use him as a receiver, um, you know, may hand the ball to him, and all of a sudden he might throw it. You know what I'm saying? So we have to prepare for all those things. You know, we saw what they did in the Super Bowl a couple of years, so you know, you know they're not afraid to. And, and I also know Doug's history with the fourth down situation. So there's a lot we've we've got to prepare for, and we hopefully you hit it right, and, and they do come out in one of those formations or things like that. And that way you can say, hey, we were ready for it, and we uh, we we expected it. Hey, Ron, you've talked about your desire to want to improve your divisional record. What can a divisional record win to start the season as well at the beginning of this rebuild do to kind of boost you going forward in the season? Well, I, I think it's one of those things that you can build momentum off. I mean, remember, they're the standard now. They won the division last year, been to the playoffs, was it, three out of the last four years, and a Super Bowl and won it. So the thing that we have to do is understand that this, guys, this is the measuring stick. You want to win your division, you've got to be able to beat teams like this. You know, and, 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 and for us, when I was in Carolina, it was either Atlanta or New Orleans or Tampa Bay. Then you go out, and, and now you say in the, in the NFC, who do you have to beat? Well, back then for us, it was Seattle. Seattle was that team. So that's kind of how you look at it. You look at, got to win in my division first, and then who is the gold standard for the, for the conference? Then that's who you've got to beat. And then if you can do that now, who's the gold standard for the, for the league? Well, it's for such a long time. It's been New Orleans, and now Kansas City's in that position. So there's so, you know, there's so many measuring sticks, and I think it's one step at a time. So you got to be realistic. To me, it starts with the division. If you can win all your games in your division, you give yourself a chance, and then you go from there. Hey, Ron, uh, I know you're big on learning from others and kind of reading uh, and exploring other situations. I wonder, as you kind of go through your personal situation right now, I wonder if you've looked for examples of, of something like this. I know it's unique, but I wonder if, uh, if, if you've tried to learn from, from others who've had to kind of go through similar situations. Um, yeah, I have. I've actually had several coaches that have gone through this that have reached out to me. <clears throat> obviously Chuck Pagano and his was, his uh, was even tougher than mine. I mean, mine was, you know, I had a tough day yesterday, but you know, from what I've read from Chuck and, and heard from Chuck, his was unbelievable. So I, my hat's off to him because, you know, to do what he's had to do and to get back to where he is, that, that's a phenomenal story. And I guess for you, obviously, you know, this being still new, still early in that process, are you starting to figure out things like, Hey, you know, I need to do this or I need to do that in order to, to still maximize my time. 
Yes, there, there are. And, and, and I'm very fortunate, too, that I got a group of coaches I trust impeccably. And Jack has done a great job for these. So has Scotty and Nate. And, and, and some of the other coaches, some of the position coaches, you know, Richard Rogers, who's been with me for a number of years, is, is one of those guys that's out there now kind of assuming my role, cheerleading, you know, leading the guys on, pushing them on, you know, hey, let's go tempo, it's important, play fast. You know, that's, you know, that's the thing that I feel I have comfort in. And then, and then the other day, I, I grabbed a group of, I, of the guys that are leadership guys, like guys that have been here for a while or, or guys that are going to play impactful roles on our team. I got them together and I talked to them. I said, hey, look, you know, let's take ownership. You know, there's going to be times when I'm not going to be able to make it. There's going to be times when I'm going to be low. Those are the times you guys got to pick it up. And, and, and that's all part of it is because now you have to. You've, you've got to do the things that, you know, that, that, that are going to help you and your teammates go forward. And, and, and it was a good conversation. I really appreciated the guys, too, for that. Hey, Ron, glad, glad you're back there today. Good to see you. Um, what, you've had to handle so much this summer, and you seem to do it in a very even chilled manner. Why do you feel you've been able to handle – all this in that fashion? I think because of the people around me. You know, I, I've got a good staff of, of, of coaches, as I said. My support staff are tremendous. I know you guys don't think much of Sean. We're trying to improve that. Uh, but uh, him and Paul Kelly and, and – and, I mean, there's a whole host of guys that have just been outstanding and, and have helped me. You know, our guys with the player development. You know, I think I think Doug and Malcolm have, have, have truly helped. And then the other folks that are on our support staff, you know, our, our video people with, with Brackens and, and, and our, our, our strength and conditioning guys and equipment. And, and, and I'll tell you another guy that's been tremendous has been Ryan Vermillion. You know, not only is our, he's our head trainer, but he's our infectious control officer. Um, and every now and then he's my part-time chauffeur and he takes me down to the hospital in between breaks and stuff like that. Um, so when you have that type of people, you can relax, focus on yourself when it's time to. But then when you're back in the building, and, and, and you've got the energy, you got to do, do, do. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to map out when I can and when I can't. But because I got guys I can trust, you know, I, I just, I feel great. I really do. It's a little lesson I learned from John Madden. And that's about, you know, when you, you delegate the authority, you have to, you have to most certainly set the standard. And, and these guys have, 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 have gone above and beyond. So it's, it's, been, it's been good to see that. Are you doing more of that delegating in your second stint than you were early in your first round in Carolina? Yes, that's that to me. I think is one of the things that that I, I've really come to appreciate is that when I, when you know these guys, hey, this is it. This is what we need. You know, this is how we need it done, and they go out and do it. And the thing that's neat about it is you watch some of these guys take it above and beyond. And that to me is when you really I think guys are beginning to understand not just for the coaches but for the players as well. Thank you. All right. All right, so once again, that is Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera as he gets ready to make his Washington football debut at FedEx Field this Sunday. Of course, we'll be there, and we'll have pre-coverage for you before and as well, of course, a fresh episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast after Sunday's game in which the Red uh, Washington football team will either be 1-0 or they'll be 0-1, which is what most people expect. They are six-point favorites as of late Wednesday afternoon. All right, back in a flash with Scott Turner next. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. 
What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And we finish up the Locked On Washington football team podcast with a little bit from offensive coordinator Scott Turner as he gets ready to call his first game as Washington football team offensive coordinator under head coach Ron Rivera. Hey, Scott. Good to see you again. Rihanna Walker with The Athletic. Hey, how's it going? Going pretty well. It's going pretty well. Hope you're doing well as well. Um, in terms of the offense, I just I'm really curious. How excited are you for Sunday to kind of show off um, just the different various weapons that you all have in the running back group and kind of show the diversity that you all have there? I think uh, anytime you reach this part of the year, um, you're excited to go play. You know, we practice against our guys for a while. Um, you know, we feel like we've prepared. Uh, we still have a couple more days to really get ready, but. Um, I think guys are just excited to go play. You know, we have a group of a group of uh, men that love football, and um, they want to go out there and play. This is just me being curious, but I'm, what does Marcus Ball add to the offensive room there? We've seen a lot of him and Logan Thomas together. We've seen Logan Thomas, Jeremy Sprinkle, and Marcus Bow. What does he offer to you all um, just in the offense? He's a guy that, um, you know, he can be a threat in the past game, but he's also a very good blocker. And um, so we'll use him, you know, in combination with uh, with our other tight ends. You know, we have, you know, all three of those guys are going to play and, um, you know, they all have different strengths uh, that we'll, we'll try to show off. Um, just in watching Dwayne Haskins throughout camp and, you know, the early going of this week, how has he progressed in learning this offense and picking it up and feeling comfortable with it? You know, just from the beginning of even, you know, going back to Zoom meetings, um, you know, talking about the, you know, having the meetings and, you know, it was frustrating because we couldn't get on the field. And then when we finally got to the field, um, you know, he was calling things for the first time and he was doing a nice job that you could tell that he worked at it. Um, but just giving him the, the repetitions, um, you know, different looks at, at concepts that we run, you know, calling the plays and the language that we use over and over again. Um, he's just gotten more and more confident. Um, the decision-making, it's sped up and it just, um, it's, it's improved. And I feel like, you know, he, um, he, he's in a good place right now and he's playing fast. And obviously the next test is going and playing an actual game, but I mean, we're excited for that um, and it's time. And just your opinion on something, um, you used your running backs, obviously, more in the passing game. Um, is that kind of, in your opinion, where the game is headed, where, you know, skill position players are, are doing more than one traditional position? Those lines have become more blue. Yeah, I think uh, a little bit. I mean, you know, I think so. Yeah, I think that there is a, a place, I mean, for those guys that are uh, – uh, present some versatility, um, you know, anything that we can do to, to keep the defense off balance, you know, is good. Um, you know, I think we got a few guys like that, both in the running back room as well as the, at the receiver position. And, um, you know, we'll try to try to use them as much as we can. 
Hey, Scott, I just uh, was kind of curious on what your thoughts about the Eagles' defense was obviously that front, and they've kind of remade the back nine right back. Um, yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, you can read the reports and you say what they're going to do. Um, you know, apparently they moved some guys around. Um, you know, we're preparing for a couple different scenarios because you're not really sure until you get out there. Obviously dealing with the, the big guys they got up front. I mean, that's the first challenge. You know, we got to block them. Um, so, you know, we've, we've stressed that, you know, once we started our preparation on them, uh, you know, they're a good team. Uh, they're, they're, they present a lot of different challenges. Coach Schwartz does a great job of, you know, giving you different looks and not letting you zone in on what he's doing. Um, but, you know, we talked to our guys about, you know, playing fast, you know, bringing the fight to them um, and making them, making them cover us, making them defend us. And, um, you know, we, we'll sort it out with what we see as far as their personnel. And we'll know early, you know, because, you know, once the game starts. But we, we've prepared for a couple of different things. But we've got a lot of respect for them. Uh, you know, we played them in Carolina in 2018. It was a, it was a crazy game. Um, but they, uh, you know, some of those guys are still there. And so they got some new guys, scheme-wise, pretty similar. So um, I think, you know, we're ready to go. we got a good plan. How do those reports work? I mean, obviously there's no preseason tape. Are you, like, reading articles of what's going on in training camp? Is someone bang those for you? Like, how? Yeah, I mean, we do some of that, but mostly it's just like keeping up to date with the roster, you know, and then, you know, yeah, there are some articles that give you some projections, but really it's just, you know, we've seen these guys play. We have a decent, we have a feel for their personnel. Um, you know, like obviously they signed Slay, he's going to play corner. Um, but like they talk about, you know, moving some different guys around. So and then you look at who's on their roster and you kind of put the puzzle pieces together. And that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. As always, thanks for being with us. I'm Chris Russell. Crossover Thursday coming up. That's right. We're doing Crossover Thursday on a well, it used to be Crossover Wednesday. Now it's Crossover Thursday, and we'll do it with uh, our pal Louis DiBiase of Locked on Eagles. We'll have that for you as well still to come. So stay tuned for that. I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for being with us. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.